If you actually went back five years or seven years, you would see that technology may be in the boardroom, but they are supporting the business strategy. Now, when we are actually developing the strategy for the companies, there is a bigger part for technology-led strategy, meaning we are going to come up with products that are technology-based. We actually have to release technology for that to be fully leveraged. So it's a technology-led business strategy, not a business strategy supported by technology. From McKinsey's strategy and corporate finance practice, I'm Sean Brown, and welcome to Inside the Strategy Room. As Krish Krishnakanthan, a senior partner based in our Stanford, Connecticut office, just made clear, in the past, technology and IT have often not been the focus of top business leaders, but that is rapidly changing. Technology and digital investments are much more often critical aspects of business strategy and now must be assessed and understood at the highest corporate levels. Today, I'm speaking with two McKinsey experts who recently published an article on the CEO's new technology agenda. Krish is a leader in our digital practice and focused on application maintenance and development work across North America. He focuses on the high-tech and financial services sectors. We're also joined by Gayatri Shanai, a partner in our New York office who helps clients drive transformative change at the intersection of strategy, digital, and operations. We've also included a link to their article, The CEO's New Technology Agenda, in the podcast description. Gayatri, Krish, welcome. Gayatri, let's turn to you first. So why do CEOs now need to be so much more involved in setting the technology agenda? Uh, over the last four to five years, I would say we've had increased outreaches as well as work with uh, CEOs and boards who've been recognizing the need to shape their company's IT agendas. Many have talked to us about how one single production outage overnight has wiped out massive parts of the IT budget or cyber challenges that keep them up at night. One CEO in particular told me about how he spent his entire Christmas break trying to go through comments that he had received from employees through a survey. And as he did that, he recognized that most of the employees' complaints were about how long the wait times to get to help desk were, or how poor the internet connectivity in their buildings were, which was causing productivity dips and challenges. Similarly, on the customer side, he saw customer service talking about latency issues on their e-commerce side or how non-intuitive it was to try and purchase products when they were used to single clicks with Amazon.com. These examples of how boards and CEOs are increasingly realizing the power of technology and what it takes to deliver business capabilities, but also change a company's trajectory using technology. So how often do you find that there's insufficient communication and alignment between business leaders and the technology teams to ensure that IT is addressing the kinds of business needs you just shared? Yeah, I will say that, you know, I uh, often ask this question of my clients and I often get two versions of the answer based on who I ask this of. 
So if I ask this of the IT folks, the CIO and his direct reports and their organizations, I often hear it's working really well. We do feel a bit underappreciated, kind of like the TSA at airport where you get noticed only if the queues are long or if uh, somebody passed through a security risk, passed through uncaught. But when I ask the CEOs and the business unit leaders, I often hear, I wish we had a lot more agility. And more importantly, I, I wish I understood what the challenges are that this IT organization is facing so I could partake in solutioning it. My bigger problem is I don't quite get IT and I don't quite get what, what, why is it that we are not agile or why is it that it takes us this long? I would think that the pandemic has significantly raised the profile of some of these disconnects because technology has been both vital to keeping companies operating through the crisis, while it has also rapidly accelerated the move toward digital business models. Would you uh, care to agree or share another perspective, Krish? Yeah, I actually think due to COVID, the real technology caliber and what the organizations have been able to achieve is coming out more and more, right? It is all about transparency and visibility. And I actually think it's IT is probably getting the recognition that they deserve to a greater degree. And I think that's why you see also see getting more now. We actually would say the technology revolution is here. Customer preferences have changed thanks to Google, Amazon, and others, Netflix. People are more accustomed to technology, number one. Second is, I would actually call it a cumulative effect. It is not just one particular technology that is actually driving the change. It is many different technologies that is coming together. For example, you actually have internet speed accelerating with 5G. At the same time, digital design helping you truly create a superior customer experience. And then at the same time, the next generation of people that our younger generation is being much more familiar with the mobile and others. So if you put all of that together, then suddenly you actually have a much better environment. One of them missing, you may not be able to achieve the same thing. That's why we actually say it's a cumulative effect of the small changes that are actually happening in each part of the value chain that is truly creating a business model disruption. And then uh, we see platforms being established. Could be a shopping platform that is being set up as an ecosystem where now are software as a service platforms that are being established. With all this, anyway, the risk is also growing. If you combine all of these four or five different things, if you are a CEO, it is going to be uh, imp- very imperative for you to actually pay attention to it and really drive the tech agenda, just how you would drive the agenda of your company uh, or a finance agenda, right? And one of the CEOs recently told me is, we won't let anybody to be running the company uh, if they never understood the finances. So technology is going to be as important in the future where we would want anybody in uh, as my successor or any CEO to be well-versed in technology as much as they are on sales and uh, finance. Okay, so CEOs should become better versed in technology and more actively driving their company's tech agenda. What should this agenda cover then? And where do you see the biggest points of focus around technology for CEOs? 
there are three foundational things that we see one is reimagining the role of technology it is about is it an order taker or is it really paving the path if you actually went back 5 years or 7 years you would see that technology maybe in the boardroom right the cios maybe in the boardroom but they are supporting the business strategy now when we are actually developing the strategy for the companies there is actually a bigger part for technology led strategy meaning we are going to come up with products that are technology based we actually have to release technology for that to be sold or for that to be fully leveraged so it's a technology led business strategy not a business strategy supported by technology quite a few places we are actually starting to see it second is reinventing technology delivery gone are the days i think you all probably are familiar with agile and also waterfall there have been so many articles and discussions have been agility it is about fundamentally reinventing technology in the way that technology is delivered gone are the days where business throws over the requirements over the wall and then technology develops it and comes up with a product which is probably already outdated by the time they released it right so now it's really customer feedback regularly um how do we work jointly with the customer and how do we reinvent technology and in here there is also people dimension where organizations are starting to think about the number of engineers in the organization versus developers or uh managers and finally i would say is the future proofing the foundation i don't think you can actually fully future proof the foundation but it has become essential for any organization to think about it uh, in a way that the decisions to you're making today should help you advance the ball versus hold you back so what can you do with respect to cloud what can you do with respect to microservices what can you do with respect to other core fundamental aspects of technology and how you future proof right got it so three vectors the role of it the resource model and the technology foundation your article also discusses though 10 critical questions that ceo should ask gaitri maybe you can take us through a few of the ones that you most often work on with your clients and the levers that they entail yeah so krish introduced what we call the three vectors and across these three vectors what you see is there are 10 critical plays or levers that need to be choreographed for your context for your business for your industry and what this does give you is a little bit of all the ingredients that need to go into a tech transformation for your company though the individual recipes might be different and the recipes is what what we would say would need to be tailored to your uh, to what you are trying to do on the business side now the first is a little bit of what krish was talking about which is the tech forward business strategy many it functions struggle with matching their priorities to those of the business we see our clients very many design their business strategy and their technology strategy follows almost as in a sequential way later after the business strategies have been figured out and increasingly what we are seeing is that doesn't work anymore in 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 today's generation and age a tech forward business strategy where the technology strategy is integrated into the business strategy is critical 
the clients that really do this well, they are ones that integrate the CIO role into the strategic business discussion. So the CIO is no longer back office or a side function, but a core part of the business unit and the CEO leadership team. So that's the first one I would call out. The second one I would call out is the is number three, the steward of digital user experience uh, around design thinking, user centricity. And Krish called it out a bit. When you ask the question, are you an agile shop? Most organizations will say yes. And then when you look underneath the covers, it's not really. And maybe taking a little bit, uh, a little moment here to to talk about what does the what does design thinking really mean? For very many, it's a new concept. Uh, if if you look at you know the one of the best design thinkers to me personally, it's Steve Jobs uh, and Apple that has been at the cusp of next generation design and bringing products to market even before customers realize it. And Steve Jobs used to often quote Henry Ford and say, if you asked customers what they wanted, they would have told him that they needed a faster horse instead of a car. And so the basis there was that people don't often know what they want until you show it to them. And design thinking then is that concept, right? Like where you're thinking about the signature moments of delight for your user, from a user point of view, not from what's easy for your engineering team to design. And then using the user to not just understand, but validate the product even before bringing it to market. So constantly testing concepts with uh, users, getting their feedback, refining it, and then bringing the product along versus in the waterfall way where very often requirements get gathered and then you don't talk to the user for forever till the product is developed, and then you ship the product out where uh, the product doesn't quite meet what the users were hoping for. The third element that I'll probably hit is the engineering excellence with top talent. Now, this is, again, uh, historically, if we look at the IT function in most traditional organizations, in pursuit of cost savings, Traditional IT has been highly outsourced, highly offshored, much to an extent where most of the development and engineering work no longer happens in, in these organizations. They are, they are done by a third-party vendor. And as a result, these organizations have become one where talent focuses largely on vendor management and project management within the internal IT shop, and that, again, no longer works. When we look, look at uh, modern technology functions in successful companies and companies that have truly transformed their technology, they are ones that value innovation more than cost savings and assemble top-notch workers to equip themselves for the future. And then the last one, which is flexible business-backed architecture, here again, most of the incumbents are straddled with a core uh, infrastructure of aging applications that run very often on their on-premise infrastructure. Adding features is cumbersome. Adding any functionality is cumbersome. It's not just cumbersome. It's costly. It's time-intensive. Time it's labor-intensive. And again, to move from here to a next-generation company, it's important that these um, Companies run on flexible, scalable software foundations 
uh, that allows your IT teams to get products to market quickly and efficiently. So uh, the business-backed architecture becomes very critical to how the organization and the corporation operates. And so how has, if at all, the crisis and pandemic evolved your thinking around these 10 critical plays? Yeah, I think the pandemic has only, uh, to, to Krish's point, right, like it highlighted the importance of a technology function and elevated it quite a few rungs above the ladder. Work from home in the pandemic started almost instantaneously for most companies. It happened out of nowhere. Nobody really planned for it. And being able to provide the infrastructure for employees to be able to do that was a Herculean effort. Most of the organizations got there and were able to do that. On agile working, so agile at scale software delivery, because you're now working in small teams and making sure that you're collecting inputs from the different stakeholders at the right time, that become a little bit more uh, fluid with, with the pandemic. The second one on next generation infrastructure, Almost overnight, companies adopted cloud models like Zoom, like Teams, like on the collaboration side, Slack. So the move towards next-generation infrastructure services also uh, got heightened and hastened with the pandemic. I don't know, Krish, if you had anything else that you would add? Um, that echoes my thoughts, uh, guys. I would have actually uh, simply said, listen, all of these things are getting accelerated. That's why I called it early on. We are in a technology revolution. and. Uh, Every bit of it has now gotten more critical, right? Uh, if you just even went through one by one, right? Tech forward business strategy, you have to do it. Can you imagine that if you can't really deliver technically, uh, what happens is everybody is at home. You can't even imagine that, right? Integrated with business completely, right? Digital user experience, everything is user. If they're not visiting any of the stores or any of the front end, you have to deliver. So, I would have said everything is getting accelerated at a significant pace. And if people have said to me, at least, there is about five to seven-year acceleration. What we would have expected in 2025 is happening in 2020. Gayatri, on the point you made about the need to bring engineering excellence back in-house, the past year has proven that companies can rely on a much more distributed workforce, with many actually working from home. Has that changed at all the dynamics of how organizations are bringing in or developing their engineering talent? I, I will say that many companies are increasingly recognizing the engineering culture of small teams of very high-performance engineers is critical and core to how they grow. And as they are recognizing this, they are investing in ensuring they find, find these engineers so the talent strategy is changing. It's no longer like let's outsource, let's be really strategic about what we are looking to innovate, what are the core skills the company needs, and as such, invest in finding these resources and not just invest, but also onboarding them, not not just recruit, but onboarding and keeping them. And so a lot of engagement as well as infrastructure is going in uh, helping ensure that we are finding and creating this self-motivated, self-managing high-profile engineers who can be a part of the teams. And they are coming from all over. They are not necessarily coming from Silicon Valley. I think that time where everybody used to revert and look up to just Silicon Valley as a source of talent is long gone. I would say, you know, like there are lots of cities, like Salt Lake City is an example. Many cities in Ohio are examples. 
people are sourcing from a wide variety of universities and colleges and then really investing in ensuring that these engineers under the, understand the culture in the organization the uh, vision and the aspirations of the organization and uh, in, ensuring that they can be retained understood and which of the three vectors we've discussed do you find your clients are most focused on these days yeah i will say very many of my clients are reinventing technology delivery and future proofing more than the reimagining role because uh, a client starts there they start with how do i reinvent my delivery how do i ensure that i can move at a different pace and how do i create the architecture foundation to be much more simpler much more agile and and prove the value of it improve the delivery improve the cred- credibility of the technology organizations and as such then engage them in the reimagining krish would love to see how your clients yeah I, I i would actually say reimagining the role of technology is quite a bit about the culture of the organization because if you, the organization has devolved, developed into a little bit of an order taking mindset suddenly asking somebody to actually now you going to actually go front and lead it it's it's actually a difficult mindset change for the entire organization from the executives on the top to the organization um the actual organization so Uh, I see that uh, quite a bit of a long-term struggle, and then reinventing technology delivery. I actually think that's the mechanics of how things get done. So, future-proofing the foundation requires a lot of capital um, to actually get it done, right? So, the different dimensions of the problem are uh, going to be faced in each one of them. So, you based your article in part on a survey of chief information officers on the progress that they felt their organizations were making on the three vectors. and then compared their responses with those from business leaders did you find a big gap in recognizing that the bulk of the survey was before the pandemic um and that things may have accelerated since then so um if you talk to the it team that they believe they were making progress around it 56% said we're actually uh, redesigning our operating model we're reimagining the role of technology but then if you ask the business the business would say no we're still stuck in the same place right um it has not actually improved uh, and then if you actually thought about the reinventing technology delivery um this they would actually say um we are making progress uh, 34% would have said we have digitized the teams but on the other end the business would say like listen we're not seeing the output right it's very evident right there is a dichotomy or a significant difference between what the it believes that they are doing and uh, what the business actually feels and uh, experiences so i actually use the word experiences it's 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 critical right its perception is a reality what is actually the rest of the organization feels and experiences is as important as the what i would call balanced scorecards that get normally published right the balanced scorecard may say you've had only one outage in a year but outage was uh long enough to have lost profitability for the entire year particularly if you're on the retail and if it is the day before thanksgiving you've had those things happening also so i would actually say it and business should work together to figure out how to address this and as you said those groups have not typically collaborated well in the past so if you were the ceo or bu head What are the questions you should be asking your IT teams to make sure that their efforts deliver results 
in advancing the strategy and the business performance? So if you are a CEO and are a business leader, on the role of technology, uh, there are three questions in there, right? One is, how are technology decisions made at all levels? Is it still uh, budget dictated? Was this budget actually given? Was this, um, there is a clear negotiation of what it is required and futuristic? And not only that, how are we actually, actually maximizing the product, uh, the value of technology investments? I still see in many organizations the screeching wheel gets the grease in the sense everybody gets a little bit and also the people who's loud enough get more of the budget compared to actually saying that we need to be thinking about these five areas and we need to be investing. The advanced organizations, what they are actually saying is we divide the bucket into three buckets. What do we need to do to run the business? What do we need to do to make some positive NPV projects, right, that are profitable? And then where are we going to take some strategic bets? Maybe strategic bets is 5 to 10% of your budget, but they are required, just like in all your R&D, you may actually have to make some strategic bets on uh, your future, future technology investments to leapfrog your competition. So those kinds of decisions, at least leading organizations, are starting to make. On the delivery, I think the first question is really critical, which is how do we build that organization that is more engineering? I think we've spoken this about, but I wanted to emphasize it. And finally, on future-proofing a foundation, the, the, the question I would ask is, A, how secure are you and how much pay attention are you paying on your security? And the second is we all apply AI to decision-making for the business, but how, what percentage of the business, um, the technology decisions are also AI-based? So not only try to do AI with the business decisions, but also technology decisions. For example, could you do self-recovering network, right? Which means if your network goes down, could you actually do self-recovering network? Same thing as uh, how you would think about when your website goes down from a business, right? So there's a whole bunch of questions that uh, you as the senior leader in the organization should revisit and think about, and that can lead you into a certain set of answers which might shape your technology agenda. Okay, so what is the ultimate goal here? If a CEO were to follow you know, the advice you just shared, what kind of transformation would they look forward to achieving? If you were to actually push forward across these vectors, one, you will move from a service provider to a business-oriented technology organization, right? Number two, siloed business and IT teams to an integrated business and IT and a digital team that actually is delivering things very quickly. You will actually go from easy-to-build products to customer-centric and user-centric products. And in terms of the silos, um, are you suggesting that IT teams, which are typically centralized today, become more closely aligned with respective business units or functions? So the way I would think about it is much more not about the physical org structure where your reporting line is, but it is about the teams coming together to deliver something, right? I could be in, uh, let's just play this out. If you were to deliver a banking product, let's just say anything that you wanted to do, like a more new mortgage that I wanted to deliver or a new insurance product. In order to deliver it, you actually need somebody from legal because somebody has to figure out 
what it is, somebody from finance, somebody from marketing, somebody from uh, claims who is going to look at the product and say, hey, we're increasing claims. But they all don't have to move together into uh, a product base, right? You actually can say, we're going to form a virtual team. We are all collectively going to work together. We have the same mission for the next year. And then after that, we're actually going to be in our own organization, whatever you're doing. There is a, there, there is a physical, this is virtual organization. It is important to recognize it, right? And uh, it would be similar to how you would think about in kinds of uh, war, a war, right? You would have Navy SEALs and also uh, Army working together at the same place in the same time, even though they have individual accountability. So that's how I would think about it. Got it. And with the acceleration of digital products and platforms that the pandemic in particular has brought, are you finding that companies are actually increasing their IT and technology budgets in general now? So I would actually say most entities are not cutting technology budget, right? Particularly, I think a lot of CEOs and COOs and the head of business leaders have realized technology is becoming more critical and they want to invest. And a few of my clients are actually saying, what, what is that I could do if I were to give you 5% more budget in technology, right? So these questions have shifted, right? But also I recognize these are tough times. There are entities overall that are taking a huge cost-cutting effort, right? They're basically saying collectively we have not made as much profit, so we need to be thinking about reductions. In that case, Technology has a lower reduction sometimes than the rest of the parts of the organization. Thank you. So as, as you mentioned earlier, some companies are venturing on transformations of their technology infrastructure to set their businesses up for future growth. But some of these can be really tricky, particularly any kind of a large-scale migration to the cloud. Do you have any tips that you could share for how to do that efficiently and effectively? So the way I would think about it is, a lot of organizations have taken on SaaS plus mindset. So there is a lot of SaaS that is, uh, which is also cloud-based, by the way, right? Uh, that is being delivered. That's one. Number two is there is a, a move to cloud. It is not easy, right? It is actually complicated not, uh, from several factors. One is the economics of cloud itself is a bit difficult, right? If you just lifted and shifted, you wouldn't see as much economic benefit from it as uh, maybe your reliability could improve, but not necessarily economic. There is an economic question that people being asking. Also, to take advantage of truly the full cloud benefits, you would have to, in most cases, re-architect your applications, and that requires investment. So in most of the client situations that I'm in, and I like to invite guys three, I am starting to see that cloud is taking an important role, but I would say there's only about 5% who have migrated to cloud. Uh, I might have gotten the number wrong, but it is in the uh, lower end. It's not 85% that have migrated to cloud. So, Gayatri, would you have any comments on uh, cloud? Uh, I think on cloud, I would echo what you said here, uh, Krish, and I would add that I, I personally see many more clients who are Either, who are either in the midst of or have undertaken a cloud journey and are struggling because they necessarily didn't do the work on the business case side of things and understanding what exactly would be the value that would get unlocked and what would be the strategy in, in how they would migrate these applications. I see. So how should organizations approach 
these large-scale projects then? And what role should the CEOs be playing in, in these transformations? It might be helpful to share a couple of case examples. One is uh, of a company, large global pharmaco, that was at the beginning of a, such a journey. And then I'll share one more, which is more towards the end. This particular one, large global pharma, pharmaceutical company, they had managed to keep IT costs down historically, uh, year over year, uh, had done a great job on that front. But they were struggling to deliver technology solutions at the right pace and bring that to the market. Here, uh, this is an interesting one because the CEO launched an assessment to understand the maturity of the IT and digital function. His core intent was really to understand. It was seeking to understand how did they compare to the other best-in-class companies, to the industry standards, and what were the core issues that they needed to go get after. And through the assessment as well as some very effective listening sessions, the CEO ultimately determined that there were five plays of the 10 plays that we had introduced you to earlier. There were five plays that were critical to their organization. So what they really did was they took what were their business strategies and priorities, which they called battlegrounds. And against these battlegrounds, they ended up lining up each of the technology plays and identifying which were the place that would make the most difference to their battlegrounds, to each of their battlegrounds, and then eventually uh, which of the technology place would make the most difference, if, if, if done together, would make the most difference to most of their business strategy. And this was an interesting frame. I, I love this example for a couple of reasons. One is, you know, shows you the start of the journey on how a CEO can influence and play a, play a role in helping shape. In this organization, they called it this a lighthouse because it became the harbinger or for rest of the organization on how they operate. The second thing here that's interesting is, rightfully, uh, the client did not pick many, many, many plays. They picked, you know, five that they would go double down on. And this was important so that they did not bite more than they could chew. And then they picked from each of the three vectors. So they picked place from every one of the three vectors and not doubling down on any one vector in particular, which is, again, a recipe that we see in what we call winning recipes. The second case was a company that is more towards the end of their journey. So they, they've been on this journey for the last five years. Again, a very global company that has transformed and they transformed from being a healthcare institution to a digital healthcare company. One thing that stands out for me on this example is they pulled each of the levers different times of their transformation. So uh, they ensured they cut, uh, covered the whole gamut that was relevant for them uh, to the course of the five years. The second is the scale of this effort. So Chris talked to you about, you know, we don't really see very uh, many, many organizations where there has been a massive adoption to cloud. This is one of those exceptions where 85% of their new applications, they move to the cloud. And here, the focus on moving from just pilots to actually scaling across the organization has been a critical part of their journey. So uh, very many, again, very many clients of mine, they are in early parts of the journey. They will say, I'm, I'm piloting this. 
it's working out really well and so on. But the move from actually taking it from a pilot or from within a small group or a small division or a small product to scaling it to be enterprise-wide is an important milestone and is an important transition that this company was able to do really well with the CEO playing a core role. And beyond this, you know, we had one more example. This one was CEO that we started this conversation with. So this is a CEO who um, spent his Christmas looking through employee and the customer feedback forms. And again, uh, one that recognized that IT traditionally was seen as expensive, ineffective, delivering unclear business value, struggling to bring solutions to market in a timely manner. So the starting point was pretty uh, dark. The reason I like this example is it's very tactical in terms of steps that the CEO took. The first being the point that Krish was earlier making, making IT a strategic role in the the organization. And the way he did that was inviting the CIO to his leadership team, making sure that the CIO was learning firsthand about the business unit's aspirations and could better bring, bring to bear ideas on how technology could support those aspirations. And by embedding the CIO, while it allowed for uh, exchange of ideas, it also signaled to the organization that the CEO valued the cross-collaboration between the IT organization and his business unit leadership teams. And that, again, had a very amazing trickle-down effect, Sean. This was one of those levers that had a trickle-down effect in the organization to encourage collaboration. The CEO also did invest in a world-class technology workforce. And um, here, uh, I think the interesting tidbits I would share is uh, he saw that when it came to the IT staff, many of the things they were doing, the interesting pieces, were not being done by the in-house staff. Uh, the interesting, innovative, creative pieces were almost always being outsourced. And so he made it a personal priority to, uh, to, uh, to you know, in, in town halls openly share that he's going to strengthen the technology function, assemble in-house uh, cohort of skilled technology workers. He identified uh, capabilities like uh, design, like UI, like UX, that he would double down on hiring on. Uh, And he also approved investments on training and on-the-job apprenticeships, making it, again, very visible to the organization that the creation of these incentives were to uh, reflect that he values the technology workers. He sees proper career paths that would uh, provide them interesting opportunities uh, within, within the organization. These are really great examples. Thank you. Especially that last one where you make clear what a difference a CEO can make in terms of influencing the organization's view of IT and technology as either a partner in or a, uh, as an aspect of uh, core strategy. Do you think that this elevation of the CIO and the technology team will continue to trend upward? Yeah, I think this comes back to the mindset point. This client not just elevated the role of the CIO, but also made IT a board discussion topic. And the reason there, again, was the thinking that, look, if it is a, there, there is no reason when we are sharing business unit and product and other topics with the board and board is able to consume there, why not technology? I know traditionally it's not happened, 
but that's not the right way to think about it. Uh, and so integrating IT as a part of the business strategy is the push here. It's not separate, right? Like your business strategy is enabled and uh, delivered through technology and bringing that lens is the, is the other way I think about it. So to me, it's more a mindset shift than uh, a change in tactics. But Krish would love your thoughts too. Then I would agree with it. I also think um, that, uh, for example, cyber has been in board topics for quite some time now, right? It's part of technology. Uh, the second thing I would actually say also is uh, I do understand there is a board, uh, for example, they have meet for two days and there is only X amount of hours. So how do you match it? So many boards have actually tried. Uh, there is a technology committee within the board that actually uh, focuses on technology. There is a finance committee. Uh, if you don't have a technology board, then you should create one within the uh, board, right? So I actually think there is a bit of a bit of a divide and conquer that you really need to do, both on the time and both on the agenda, and see how we can get the best out of it, right? Um, it is an uh, right. So and then if you make it as a part of your broader business strategy, you should actually uh, help. Krish Gayatri, thank you so much for taking the time today. And thank you to everybody who listened with us. To keep up to date with each new episode of Inside the Strategy Room, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcast player. We'd also encourage you to read Christian Gayatri's article, The CEO's New Technology Agenda. You'll find a link to it in the description of today's podcast and on McKinsey.com, along with a transcript of this conversation on our Inside the Strategy Room page, where you can also easily explore, filter, and search our entire library of previous episodes. If you'd like to share feedback or an idea for a future podcast, please email us at insidethestrategyroom at mckinsey.com. If you'd like to receive alerts on our latest insights, you can sign up on our Strategy Room collection page on mckinsey.com, follow us on Twitter at mckstrategy, or connect with us on the McKinsey Strategy and Corporate Finance LinkedIn page. Thanks again for listening. We look forward to having you join us again soon inside the Strategy Room.